Okay, teacher friend, we are nearing the holidays, the holiday break, and your classroom could be insane right now, besides the fact of being overwhelmed by the number of classes that you are teaching and all of the things that you are juggling. I wanted to share a few things that saved me time just day to day beyond planning that really made a difference as a multiple prep teacher and kept me sane while I was teaching so many preps. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. To give you a little background on this episode, I had thought about maybe some of the uncommon things, unconventional, maybe even possibly controversial things that I did as a multiple prep teacher that saved me quite a bit of time that no one is talking about and that you're definitely not learning if you went through a traditional teacher ed program. And if you came from industry, These are definitely some insider secrets that, once again, you may not have ever heard and sometimes go against what other educational professionals tell you you should do. I'm going to just start off the list and give you some ideas of maybe some things that you could do in your classroom and maybe some of these ideas can prompt you to come up with other things that could save you time as a multiple prep teacher so that you can get to the holiday break and then beyond because these are things that saved my life. I will say this too, I have been an administrator since this and these things were not so controversial that they are like poor teaching practices. Keep that in mind too. We are not sacrificing the intention of our students and our learning of our students. There's going to be none of that, but there are a lot of things that may go against the grain of your normal, typical teacher. One of the very first things that I tossed out as a multiple prep teacher was my late work policy. I had a late work policy. I was always told to have a late work policy and any classes I had been in, as far as my education had been concerned, always had a late work policy. And they ranged from having a certain amount taken off every day or that for a certain duration of time, it was worth so many points, or if it was late, it was only worth half. And quite honestly, I did away with it because I couldn't keep up with it. It was too much for me to juggle. There were a bunch of different things I tried. I tried to have a stamp system. And this is back in the day when we weren't doing like online LMS. Now there are different ways where you're getting that tracked if you're having students turn things in online. But it was still a pain for me to calculate, okay, how many days was this late? How much should I take off? Really, and quite honestly, that late work policy wasn't really serving, well, for sure it wasn't serving my students. And obviously it wasn't serving me with my time, but 
it wasn't giving students grades based on their learning or their knowledge. It was more on their behaviors. While some of those things are important as far as soft skills go, deadlines are important, I get that. But having this crazy late work policy that was way more work for me just was something that I eliminated. And quite honestly, it didn't really make a difference for me and it didn't make a difference for my students. If a student was really having an issue with having something turned in late, they would come and figure it out. And more likely than not, they were able to turn it in quickly. If there were students who, for some reason, missed an assignment and then they were never planning on turning it in, they never turned it in. There wasn't an issue with me and that like motivation of, well, it's going to be docked so much. I never saw that really play out. That's my first one is getting rid of my late work policy. The next change that I made was giving points and or feedback along the way when a project was due. If there was a large project that students needed to finish at the end of a term or a semester or even just a unit, instead of having it be worth like 100 points and then students do or do not turn it in on time and then having to figure out, okay, they did it or they didn't do it, but they had been working on it in class. I felt like it was more fair for me and for the students to be giving them points along the way. I could have some checkpoints and give them those points. Now, if they didn't turn it in on time at the end, then they they still lost those points because there were still some points for turning it in on time. But I was able to assess to see, did they not turn on the, or turn in the assignment because they had no idea how to do the assignment? Because I'm checking in all the time. Or is it that their dog ate their homework or something crazy that happened that may have been out of their control that I'm really looking at what they have been learning, what they've been doing this whole time. The other thing is the kicker for this one, and this is why I started it, besides the whole, like, how I felt about grading, but it saved immense amount of time. Instead of having to sit down with each of my students' drawings and their floor plans and going over every single little thing, I had already graded 90% of it. And literally the last per the last part of it was whether or not they turned it in. I had already graded it along the way. Gone were the days where I would be at the school for hours upon hours combing through all of their floor plans because I had walked around the class and I had given them points for their doorways and whether or not they had their dimensions on. I had already done all of that, saved me tons and tons and tons of time. The next thing that I did or didn't do is I didn't grade everything. Quite honestly, I only graded a few things. I graded what needed to be graded in order to show them and their parents that they were learning. If you look at the essential standards, then there was something in the gradebook for each of those standards so students knew where they were. But I did not spend a ton of time, if any time, grading bell work or quizzes. All of that 
I still looked at, I still gave feedback on, but I didn't have to go into the gradebook. I could give feedback to students without it having to be me sitting at my computer entering in all of the grades. I didn't grade everything and I really graded the bare minimum to show that students were learning. Now they were being assessed quite frequently, so I was trying to give them as much feedback as possible in class because that also saved me a ton of time. I wanted to spend my planning period planning rather than grading because that is where I found kind of like the linchpin on being able to leave the school earlier or leave things at the school is having all of that grading done in class. Now, along the lines of grading, this is probably my most controversial thing that I did, is I actually eliminated me giving the grades and I started doing student reported grades. I've talked a lot about giving points along the way, but you can switch that or interchange that with feedback. My last couple of years, I was having students report their own grades. I was giving them adequate feedback quite a bit of feedback, recording it so that they could track it. They knew where they were at any given time. We made sure that it worked out in the gradebook so that their parents, if they were to log in, they could still see that there was progress being made so that it wasn't a big surprise. And then the students and I would conference at the just various points within the grading period. We did like a beginning conference. We always had a midterm and we always had an end of term so that we really had those key points and the grades or the grade book was updated. But we would have conferences. We would discuss the assignments that they had been working on, the things that they had learned, and it was standards-based. We looked at where they were, and they then had already prepared what they felt like they should receive in the class based on their efforts and their progress and where they were in proficiency. And at that point, I would let them know whether or not I agreed or I disagreed. And I wouldn't necessarily tell them, I disagree with you giving yourself a B. I think you earned a C. What I would tell them is, at this point, you don't quite have enough evidence to get yourself the B that you're wanting, what are some of the things that you might be able to do? They would then go back, look at what they had done in the class, they look at where they had received feedback, and there were places where they could go back and rework something. Maybe they needed to redo this project slightly, not the whole entire project, but they had decided at that point in time that they didn't want to fix something, but now they're going to so they can get that higher grade. And it worked out really well. It wasn't stressful for me. I think the biggest win on this that I was not anticipating was that my students always knew where they were. And then I always knew where they were. The other thing that was unexpected is I got to know my students very, very well on a personal level because we were conferencing all the time. I was able to have conversations with them and talk to them about how things were going in the class. I could also discipline them without anybody seeing so that we were just having these conversations and really getting to know them 
what their goals were, helping them figure out their career paths. Just some great things came from having my students do their grading of themselves rather than me having to spend all that time. Now on to the final suggestion. Now this one does have to do with planning. Pretty much everything else has been a lot of grading, a lot of policy, but I wanted to end with this planning piece because I do feel like it's still uncommon or controversial. I'm trying not to use controversial a lot, but there are some things that maybe go against some things that we've taught and that we've learned. Right now, I work as an instructional coach in my district, and we were talking about protocols or activities or things that you can use periodically in your classes to help, like you're doing think, pair, share, gallery, walk, fishbowl. I'm not going to go over what all of those are, but that kind of hopefully gives you an idea of what I'm referring to. And I will say this, what has saved me a ton of time is rinsing and repeating and reusing those over and over and over again. If I find something that works, that my students enjoy, that engages them, that gets them to learn the content and that helps me give feedback, helps them receive feedback, it's a winner and I'm gonna keep using it over and over again. And this is where it gets a little controversial or possibly uncommon is that even in my instructional coaching world, talking to some of the other coaches who have been teaching for years and years, they are telling their teachers to spice it up and to switch it up every once in a while. And you really shouldn't use the same protocol within a two week period. I'm gonna tell you, the thing that's gonna save you a ton of time in your planning and in your like mental capacity is going to be to reuse those. If they're working, reuse them. Reuse them in your different preps. If there's something that you prepared for first period and second period is learning a different concept, but you have all of the supplies out, totally use them. Use them over and over and over and over again. This will save you just a ton of time. If you have five, 10, however many, I mean, you might end up having a whole bunch as you start teaching for longer periods of time. At that point, maybe you will have a whole slew so that you don't have to use them every two weeks. But at this point, when you're teaching multiple preps and you have a lot to plan for, rinse and repeat whenever possible. If you've made it this far in this episode, I want to thank you for listening to my soapbox and my rants and raves and some of the things that really helped out in my class. As a review, here are the things that I changed or tweaked or did whatever to really save me some time and some sanity as a multiple prep teacher. The first is that I eliminated a late work policy. The second is that I gave my students feedback along the way for big projects so that I didn't have to grade the entire project when it was turned in. I also didn't grade everything. Then I switched and had my students start doing their grading and had student reported grading. And then finally, I rinsed and repeated activities whenever possible. My hope is that you will take some little nugget from this episode and be able to implement it into your daily practice to save yourself time, sanity, 
and overwhelm as a multiple prep teacher. If this episode was helpful to you, I would love it if you would share it with another teacher or post a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also reach out to me on Instagram, which is where I hang out the most, at Kristen Masik, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.